The We Are Dog Nation podcast reports and opinions are not those of UGA. This is not yet an official podcast of the University of Georgia. This is the We Are Dog Nation podcast. I'm your host, Nation, and that is short for Dog Nation. And I am so, so glad to be back. It's been about three weeks and so much has happened. Can't wait to dive right into it. But before I go there... I want to kind of give a brief history. I want to thank all you guys uh, who have been following, following me on the podcast, listening to the episodes. Uh, last episode hit 80 hits. I'm really proud of that. I'm very happy about that. Thank you guys so much. But also, I realized, you know what? A lot of my new listeners don't understand why I go by the name Nation on this show or why it's called the We Are Dog Nation podcast. Let me give a brief history. I have the honor of having a good friend of mine who was in the class of 1981. Uh, the recruiting class in 1981, who signed uh, with the Bulldogs. He was the number one defensive back in the whole entire country out of Decatur, High, out of Decatur, Georgia, out of Columbia High School. And ironically enough, we went to the same high school, just that I came out like in 98. So like a big 17-year like difference, whatever, between us. But he's a former player. He actually played with Herschel Walker uh, down there. Um, shared a lot of great stories with me about that. And he saw my love for the dogs and started calling me Nation for short. And this is such a great honor for to have a former player notice that and give me a nickname. So I always take that in pride and I, and I go with that. Then, then with the, the We Are Dog Nation podcast, you know, is I kind of I guess it's self self explanatory. But at first it was uh, on Twitter. I am Georgia. You know, I'm a Georgia fan. I'm red and black and. I had like this little red towel I got from the bookstore down there in Athens that said, I am Georgia. But you know what? So you know what? I'm not the only person uh, in the stands on Saturdays cheering for the dogs. I'm not the only person turning on the TV cheering for the dogs. I mean, we got fans all over this country, all over this world. We got fans in different in different countries. And so every man, woman, boy, and girl, we all make up Dog Nation. So we are Dog Nation. Now, I'm so glad to be doing this podcast and talking to you guys about our beloved Bulldogs. And now... I want to take a quote and still and still a quote from one of my very favorite TV shows, The Game of Thrones. And if you know about the show, that one famous line is "Winter is coming." But we change it up. The dynasty is coming. The Georgia Bulldog football dynasty is coming. Now I don't know how you handle hate and criticism. Because the, the name of this podcast is going to be They Hate Us Because They Ain't Us. And I don't know how you handle hate and criticism and how thick your skin is, but the hate is already there. It's about to go maximum level. Okay? So let me tell you what we're about to enter into here real soon. Because just like people are tired of Alabama, just like some people tired of the Warriors, just like some people tired was tired of the Lakers back in the day and, and tired of the Patriots. That's how people are going to get about us. Now, you got your critics out there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Talk that trash, right? You ain't done that since 1980, since the days of Herschel Walker. That's true. We have not won a national championship since the days of Herschel Walker. It has been 38 seasons since we won a national championship. But that don't mean anything. And I say that because that was then, this is now. The writers on the wall. And you look at past history of different teams. Look at the Chicago, what, the Chicago Cubs. What, like 108 years before they won the uh, World Series? 
Look at the uh, the Golden State Warriors before Stephen Curry and all those guys got there. I mean, that that team was trash for a long time. The Patriots, the six-time Super Bowl winning champion Patriots who played in nine Super Bowls and all that good stuff, the very first, well, nine Super Bowls under um, Bill Belichick and Tom Brady, so they played 11 total. But the first two they played in, Super Bowl 20 got blown out by the Bears. The Packers came and beat them too. And so, as a matter of fact, the very first Super Bowl that they won going against the Rams before that game, I mean, the Rams known the greatest show on turf. I mean, they were putting up 48 points here, 42 points there, 56 points here. I mean, there's four, 500 passing yards, four, five passing touchdowns. It was just ridiculous. They were annihilating everybody. And so everybody's kind of figured the Rams are going to kill the Patriots. Uh-uh. Nuh-uh. It was the Patriots' time. It was Golden State's time. And look at look at the um, here's my here's one of my greatest comparison. Look at the Miami Heat. When LeBron James went down to South Beach and Chris Bosch went down to South Beach to join Dwayne Wade, we all knew. Although they lost that very first time in the uh, finals against the Mavericks, we all still knew. It's only a matter of time for the Miami Heat win championships. And they did. And who's to say how many more they could have won had LeBron James not went back to Cleveland? They could have had a couple more. It could have been four, five, six, or seven. It really could have been. But you know, they went back or whatever. And so the, everybody sees right on the wall because outside of Clemson, the only team that's recently pushed Bama to the limit is us. And now Kirby's in his fourth year. All but, what, eight players? It's only eight players that uh, that Mark Rick has recruited that are still there. But see, the eight players he recruited are still there. He didn't, he didn't, he didn't coach them. Kirby's coaching them. So in essence, this is all Kirby Smart's team. These are all his guys. And so now he's in his fourth year. And you return to 68% Freshmen and sophomores? Oh. Oh, my goodness. This is going to be a special year. I'm going to get into the the late additions, why we will we'll be on the next break. But, so, all this going on, they see it. The writers on the wall, they see it. Athlon Sports have already predicted UGA to be the next dynasty team. The next multiple natural championship winning team. And guess what? I think Athlon Sports are geniuses. I think they got it right. I really do. I, I can see it just as clear as day because, number one, okay, I saw this thing, the poll came out where uh, the top college football towns in America. And basically, we're number one. They put us number two, but in my opinion, we're number one because they rank Tulane. I mean, Tulane above us at number one, whatever. Nobody really playing football too late. So we are the biggest big time school as far as uh, the best color football town. And then you got a fan base who's been loyal since 1980, who've been believing since 1980, who've been hungry and haven't gone anywhere, have not fell off since 1980. Jordan has been selling out their games through Jim Donnan, <laughs> through Ray Goff, through Mark Rick. That makes us, in my opinion, biased, whatever. That makes us the best college football fan base in, in America, period. 
Who do you know can go through the years of Mark Rick and Jim Donnan and Ray Goff and still be having sellout games? Still hoping and wishing. Each season. But now it's our time, right? It's on the wall. Everybody knows it. Everybody knows it. And now on the Athlon Sports know it. Guess who also knows it? Guess who also feels it? Each and every recruit. And speaking of recruits, just last Sunday, on March 3rd, a guy who was considered to be a lock for the Florida Gators at quarterback, the number 62 player in the country who was previously the number 110 player in the country, the way he's climbing the charts, the way he's uh, going, he has a realistic shot at becoming a five-star quarterback. And that is none other than Carson Beck, 6'4", 225, out of Jacksonville, Florida. We snatched the quarterback straight out of our game land, and he's committed to Dalton. I mean, he's a solid commit. His parents raved about, and was amazed about how, how serious his son was about committing to George. He's already on he's already on the path of recruiting players. And matter of fact, he's going he's going after currently a six foot eight athlete who is projected to be a tight end the next level at the next level, who's a five star uh, out in Las Vegas, Nevada. I mean, he's, he's, he's on it. Like, Kirby went in there and showed him, you, we believe you're the guy for the future when Jake leaves. He, he saw his decision. He's a great quarterback, and he sees it. And one the, the, it's kind of fun, the story is kind of funny how you got the Florida fans hating, and they're like, you know, hey, how did you know, Georgia snatch this guy with Dan, Dan Mullen like that? Well, here's the, this is what he did. He made it be known that Florida was his leader. But he said himself he had a couple guys, well, excuse me, a couple teams in his mind that said, okay, if these team, these two teams offer, now I'm kind of pull back and kind of think for a second. And one of the team, and one of the teams was Georgia, and he went up there and took his visit, and he loved everything about it. He loved what was going on. He loved the offensive line that we have, one of the best in the country, if not the best in the country. He loved the scheme we got. He loved the atmosphere, and he loves the, the great potential. He has to win multiple national championships. So he pulled the string, like any wise man would. Why would you play Gainesville, Florida, when you're a top recruit, when you can go play in Athens, Georgia, because we are now the new thing going. We're the next big thing in college football. The dynasty is coming. And so... Those are the reasons why he 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 said, look, this is why I'm committing. I got opportunities like this to, to do something special. I don't blame the young man. And then the day before that, we got another guy by the name of Justin Robinson, who's a wide receiver out of Eagles Land High School, who's six foot four. And then people started talking about him. They said, where he's at right now, he's a four-star wide receiver, but they said a lot of people are comparing him to Calvin Johnson. I'm like, okay. Now, if he turns out to be just as good, good as Calvin Johnson was, on top of the talent we already got there, look, it's, it's just happy days ahead. It's just happy days ahead. And so, with all this going in and snatching top recruits and people hating and talking about, oh, you know, Georgia paying their players, then get out of here with that crap. Get out of here with that crap. Georgia, if Georgia playing their players, guess what? All 129 other D1 teams are paying their players too. It is nothing different. No perks, no different perks. 
And so they just see a better opportunity to do the next big thing, to jump on the next thing moving. I mean, if you had an opportunity and you knew Google was about to blow up before Google blew up, or you knew Microsoft about to take off before Microsoft take, took off, when you join on, when you invest your stock in Apple iPhone, if right before Apple iPhone took off, you'd be fooled not to you saw that you saw what the potential. So guys are getting on board now. Because they know it, they see it, it's preached down there, it's drilled into their mind. The expectation is championships. It is championships. So much to the point, I have to make excuse, but it is what it is. The the Sugar Bowl, they didn't want to play that game. They, they wasn't into that game. Why? Because it wasn't the playoffs. It was a letdown. They should have played harder anyway. But this kind of goes to mindset, what we are expecting, what we're driving for what we're driving towards. All right, so coming up next, I'm going to get into some more, uh, two more key additions. We finally got our offensive coordinator and our defensive coordinator, and the buzz around those guys are really good. And plus, I'm going to continue on with my dummy for the moment. And this is a good one, y'all. So stay tuned. I'll be right back in one second. Okay, so since I've done the last podcast, we got our offensive coordinator and our defensive coordinator, and the buzz around these two are very good, coming from former players and current players. And look, I think it's like in coaching, I guess, in anything. If you got somebody who's at a store or whatever or running a company and they're the manager and you got an assistant manager, if that manager goes to another position, another company, and that assistant manager step up, things might be a little different. Because everybody got their own way of creativity of doing something that's a little bit different. And I think, you know, me, along with several other people, was kind of fed up with uh, James Chaney. Jim Chaney, whatever his name is. It don't matter no more. Kind of fed up with Jim Chaney. Uh... Cause he didn't just—I mean, he was—he did good at times, but he didn't just change up anything. It was like, okay, they figured us out, they got their own to us, let's do something different. And he never changed up anything. He just went the same old, same old. So I was one of the ones who was uh, in the packing party for Jim Cheney. I'm glad he's gone. But I'm hearing great things about uh, James Cooley because one thing frustrated me about Jim Cheney—he didn't throw the ball to the tight ends enough, and was getting uh, a lot of tight ends and players decided that there could be, we, we, we'll always run the ball. Don't get me wrong. we always going to run the ball. We'll always be running back you. That's not changing, but I think we more of a balanced approach and spread it out a little more. The tight ends will get the ball, will go get the ball some more now. And that's a very good thing because if that happens, that's going to attract some very key targets for the class of 2020. There are two tight ends we're trying to get with it. Right now, they're athletes. And we're trying to, they're going to play the tight end position in college. One is 6'6", six, six, one is 6'8". And both are five stars. And George has already said, you know, this is how we're going to use you guys. They kind of compared it to how um, the Patriots use uh, Gronkowski and God rest his soul, how uh, Patriots used uh, Aaron Hernandez at the time. So, 
it's the way they got it worked out. How they gonna use both guys, and that would just be, oh my goodness, it's astounding to use both tight ends like that and get the ball out there and take, you know, have the wide receivers going deep and going across and the running backs. It's 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 great, but he he's more. But James Cooley is more. He's more, and he's younger. He's more energetic. Um, he's he's hyped up. He wants everything perfect. So, um, I think it might be a situation where it's just that we got somebody very special. We couldn't let go. We had to do something with him. And uh, he knows the system. So, Jake Fong will have more, more freedom. I'm looking for a big year. A really big year. So, it's not that we were learning a new system. Uh, and offensive the system. It's the same system. More tweaks. A little bit, a little bit more fun. So um, I am ecstatic about that. Then you got um, on defensive side of the ball, you got Glenn Schumann, who's a the co- defensive coordinator and co-defense coordinator, excuse me. And you got um, Dan Lanning, who's a defensive coordinator. And out of Jonathan Ledbetter Mouth, who just left here, got to NFL, graduating, said that, uh, they're really intense and really fired up. And it's really, he said, they said, he said they play, he play, they play like, well, excuse me, they coach like their hats on fire. Want better, want more. And he was saying that how, even though uh, Mel Tucker and Kirby Smart got along, it's just that certain things they see eye to eye on. And one thing you'll see more so, which I show hope so, we got too much time not to do it, what we see more of is more blitzing, more sacks, and we need that. We really need that. It makes no sense with the talent that we have to be next to last in the SEC when it comes to sacks. All this talent coming in, they come on. And then you got, oh, little update on Zeus, aka, well, Zamir White, go by Zeus. I cannot wait to be in the stands and that young man get the ball. I go, well, not just me. We all go, Zeus. He is healing very well. Very well. And he's, he's like 235 now. All muscle. And, and they're, they're predicting his uh, ACL surgery. He come back even stronger than he was before. Man, man. We won't see Zeus uh, run. In a spring game, but I can't wait because he'll be he'll be full strength by the time June get here, and so I can't wait for the reports coming out of um, the fall camp coming up here in August. Can't wait. Matter of fact, the open practice that we that we have uh, every year it seems like it's the first Saturday uh, in August. Can't wait for that. I mean, he, there's no there's no no live hitting and things like that just yet, but I want to see him run. I can't, I can't wait for that Vanderbilt game coming up, uh, first game of the season. I can't wait to see them run. It's going to be nice. It's going to be real nice. So there's a lot of excitement around uh, what's going on here down in Georgia. You should be if the, the hate's get turned up because we're coming out this year and we are clobbering, folks. I'm telling you, curb stomping season is going to be serious this year. Now, one thing I thought about, you know, I'm so glad that I'm able to have this podcast because I can now can go back and say 
you know, play back what I said when stuff does come to pass. I remember back in 2017, well, before the 2017 season, I was telling a good friend of mine, I said, look, you know, this is going to make a break for us. There are a lot of great recruits that want to come here, but not going to come here if we have another 8-5 season um, like we did before. And we all know what happened in 2017. We came just so, so very close to being national champions. And the recruiting has been on fire since then. And so I feel full confidence saying, you know, our time is now. And the, the dynasty, once again, I'm going to say it over and over again, the dynasty is coming. And matter of fact, my prediction, not to say Fromm won't get us a national championship because I do believe that Fromm will get us a national championship. But I got a, also got a real good feeling about, Car- about Carson Beck. I think he's. I think he's also going to be the future of Georgia, and I think he's going to be uh, helping help us win national championships. I really do. I, I can. I just got that feeling. So, but on to my last segment. I had to get it in. The dummy. Well, not just dummy for the week. The dummy for the moment. This goes out to, ladies and gentlemen, to none other. Than the Auburn Tigers. It don't matter if they are a student, a cheerleader, a player, or the coach. You're a fan. This goes out to the Auburn Tigers for being the dummy of the week. Now, <laughs> the dummy of the moment. Or really, should I call him the scary cat for the moment? Because Auburn started whining, complaining. Because, oh, woe is me. We have to face Georgia and Alabama back to back at the end of the season. And we need a break. Are you kidding me? You crying about that. You don't understand. We have to face them on the road back to back. And that's kind of challenging. You wasn't talking that mess in 2017 when you beat us and uh, Alabama back to back at home. It's only because we gotten tougher. And, we, and come even harder to beat. So now, you don't want to face Georgia and Alabama back to back. We, we want to switch places. So, okay. You won't have back to back losses no more at the end of the season. So what? So here comes the 2020 season. Instead of us having to play Auburn in like, the game before the last game, now we're going to play Auburn in October which is like the first time that's happening since 1937. And Tennessee will be our next to last game now. And so, Auburn, nothing changes. You're still going to lose to the Dogs, and you're probably still going to lose to the Tide every year. Now, whether you get the loss in October or November, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. You're still going to get the loss, dummy. We're still going to beat you. You don't have an advantage. What, you want to make it look better? Not losing back-to-back games? Get real. So anyway, that's the dummy for the moment. If this is your very first time listening to this podcast, I sure hope you liked it. Please go back, listen to other episodes, come back, keep listening, uh, subscribe to the channel. If you are a returning listener, thank you. If you are a returning listener, thank you so very, very much. I really appreciate you. This thing is growing and growing. And uh, I think it's even bigger, especially when football season hit. So... You guys' loyalty and support means a lot to me to know that I'm doing this many numbers 
and it's not a fantasy football season. So that's just that's just that's just wonderful. I really appreciate that. So, but then, then again, when you're part of the number one fan base in college football, hey, things like that happen, you know. So, if you haven't already, subscribe to the, um, the We Are Dog Nation podcast. Follow me back on Facebook, on Twitter, Instagram. We Are Dog Nation. If you haven't already, and also uh, those of you all who listen to, listen to this on Facebook. By way of Facebook, when I post it, or even on Twitter, or however you listen to it. If I haven't heard from you yet, please, 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 just send me a shout, a little message. Let me know how you're liking the show, and, you know, thumbs up something. You know, just let me know how, you know, it's going. How you're liking the show, and what you like about it, and and all that good stuff. So, I really appreciate a little feedback from you. And But until then, I'm going to get ready to do another podcast here. Uh, definitely by April 4th. April 4th will be the one-year anniversary of the We Are Dog Nation podcast. Uh, the first, very first episode had like 20 hits. And uh, to grow to, to quadruple that to now, hey, I, I don't take that lightly. I really, really appreciate that. Who knows? Maybe by the time next year, 2020, get here, it may quadruple again. So I love talking about our dogs. And uh, apparently I'm doing something right. You keep coming back. So I appreciate it so very much. But until next time, have a great Bulldog Day, a great Bulldog Week, a great Bulldog Month. And I'm probably going to get another episode in here before the 4th, but definitely April 4th, one-year episode coming up, and that will be on the evolution of Georgia football. Until then, God bless you and your family. And always, hey, go dogs. The dynasty is coming.